The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people, and anybody else I may have missed, to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us. For those who are viewing, yes, you see that I'm green. (laughs) We're in a brand new computer system here, and uh, I told you somebody had been kind enough to get me it's a cadillac i mean it this is a cream puff it's the ferrari of of computers no kidding uh and dummy me thought to set up i got all my stuff in there and everything get, went to turn it on today the background is not working and i forgot how to do that because once i set stuff up i leave it so you're seeing me in green today if you're watching my video if you're not you're just listening to me nothing's different for you guys out there in re- at red state talk radio uh you can check us out on sons or sons of and if you want to you can watch the video portion where we're on a green screen but you'll see the faces of the gentleman that we're going to have this morning uh on we're going to have that in the video feed as well, you can do that at sonsoflibertymedia.com. Scroll down right there on the right, and we're going live on sonsoflibertymedia.com. You can also catch that on my Twitter feed at FPB Tim. My Periscope account is Setting Brush Fires. Uh, we're also on that on YouTube. And then our Facebook page is Bradley Dean SOL. Our YouTube channel is B Dean Sons of Liberty. Before it's news.com, they're every weekday morning, 6 a.m. Eastern Time. Saturdays, 8 a.m. Eastern Time. Bradley's on there. 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Saturday. And then finally, I'm on DLive.tv at The Sons of Liberty. You can also catch us at Spreely Gab, MeWe Minds, and USA.life, Sons of Liberty, Sons of Liberty Media. And if you want to call in anytime, you've got a question for our guest or a comment that you want to make, please stick to the topic. We're not doing Chinese buffet. Just stick to the topic that we're going to be talking about, which is the Citizens Militia. And if you want to do that, the number's at the bottom right of your screen. If you're viewing, if you're on Red State Talk Radio, it's 215-TOP-TALK. 215-867-8255. I'm sure that we're going to go a little long today like we did on Friday. And uh, many of you voiced a lot of support for the show that we did with David then. A lot of history there, a lot of things that you're not taught in school. And as a result of that, um, we had already planned to come back on and do a little bit more. And what we wanted to do was set it up to talk about how America began to really go downhill the United States. I shouldn't say America. America covers a big continent, right? North America, South America. I mean, it covers two continents there. So we're talking about the United States specifically uh, with the introduction of the Republican Party president, Abraham Lincoln. He was not what you've been taught in the history books 
You really have to look up some stuff, uh, get behind the narrative. Because, look, history has its own narratives, and a lot of them are false, and you have to dig for that information. Before I bring David uh, and John on, John's supposed to call in a little bit. Before I bring them on, real quickly, somebody wrote me over the weekend and said, what do you think about President Rush, uh, President, President Rushmore, President Trump's Mount Rushmore speech? Well, let me, let me say this. When I watch all this stuff with the parading of military weaponry, I, you know, I believe in a strong defense. But what the sense I get is sort of a Soviet-style, you know, what the Bible says not to do. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. America's not about military might. I know everybody's been led to believe that, and we should have strong abilities to defend ourselves. One of those is going to be what we're talking about today. But this parading of weaponry around, you know, pride goes before a fall, folks. And some of the stuff that I heard Donald Trump saying, some of it was inspirational and some of it was just downright prideful. And um, I'm probably going to do a Facebook Live. If you're not my friend on Facebook, you're welcome to, to do that. I'm probably going to do a Facebook Live later on today uh, about the speech. I stayed up late last night to actually watch it. I didn't watch it live. I, I don't have television to do that. But I was asked to really comment on that. And <clears throat> so I'll have some comments on that later in the day. With that said, what we want to do here is we want to bring on David Zuniga again. And David was on with us um, on Friday. If you missed that show, we're going to have it in the archives. It'll be there. Plus, what I'm going to do is David and I did um, back-to-back shows when the show was setting brush fires. And we covered the constitutional militia. We covered a grand jury, which, David, we probably are going to end up having to bring you back on uh, either the end of this week or maybe next week. And I'm pretty sure David's willing to do that. And talk about the grand jury, because this will go hand-in-hand with the militia. But just to introduce, this is David Zuniga. He is the founder of TacticalCivics.com. used to be America Again. And and I think it's still tied to that website. And so, good morning, David. Welcome to the Sons of Liberty, man. Morning, brother. Uh, Yeah, America Again is the trust that runs Tactical Civics. I see. Yeah, it's uh, the mothership. Uh, appreciate you having me back. Sure. Uh, I could come back just about every day with you, brother. You and Bradley have been uh, solid men of God in the fight for years and years. And you you don't mince words. You've paid a price for it. I really appreciate your service, both to the body of Christ and to the republic. Republic, not nation. Uh, and not democracy. By the way, I say America. I don't say United States. I say America because if you go to Canada and you say, where's America? They'll point south and say, oh, it's right down there. You sure. go to Mexico and say, donde esta America? They'll say, allá, al norte. They know. They'll, they say Americanos. They say, you know, if you say America, where is it? Go to Europe. Go to any country in Europe, you know, and, and ask a Frenchman, où est Amérique? <laughs> they'll tell you where America is, sure, and they're not going to point to Mexico. They're not going to point to South America. They're going to point to America. So anyway, small thing. Yeah. Uh, in a few minutes after I set the stage here with you, brother, uh, like you said, I want to bring on my, my partner, one of our partners at America Again Trust yeah, that is working on tactical civics. His David, let's, John Lazoric. let's hold mm-hmm. that for a second. Let's hold that for a second. Let me see if I got John here, because sometimes with the phone bank, for whatever reason, when I answer it, they can hear me on that end. I can't hear him on that end, on, on the other end. So let me see if we can bring John on. John, are you there? 
I am. Good morning, Tim. Oh, good morning, John. It's good to have you. John is also with uh, Tactical Civics. He uh, works with David. And um, so I, I just want to make sure we could hear you, brother. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to kick it back over to David. Let David sort of tee this up. Guy, I know some people have come in and they're really excited about the show today because we're going to talk about the constitutional militia, or as we titled it, and as you have said, uh, the the constitutional militia 2.0, so to speak. So, David, why don't you tee that up, and then we'll kind of back and forth. We'll bat it back and forth between you and John this morning. Okay. Yeah, uh, and John's going to lay out uh, what we're calling American Militia 2.0. Uh, let me give the folks a background of what's really wrong. Now, we talked about Lincoln on Friday. We talked about how this went wrong. America's more lawless than at any time in the past 150 years, but it started 160 years ago. So we talked about that on Friday. It started with the 37th Congress and Abe Lincoln, who destroyed the two vital law enforcement institutions of our founding fathers, and that's grand jury and militia. So I'd love to come back on with you, or both John and I would love to come back on with you to talk about grand jury. That is the other half. They are they are equal halves. You can't take the militia alone and do law enforcement with it without the grand jury. So the past few weeks, folks, think about this. We, we were all kind of freaking out at those criminals, at those uh, looters who created the little uh, lawless la-la land. <laughs> they called it Chaz, and then they called it Chop over in Seattle. But remember in the Constitution, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 17, where we the people, we grant Congress exclusive legislative jurisdiction in a 10-mile by 10-mile little square, right? And we called it D.C., District of Columbia, okay? We assign them 17 duties. That's it. They can't do anything else lawfully except those 17 things. Instead, working for the really rich, ruthless people of this world, Lincoln, starting with Lincoln and the 37th Congress, they blew the doors off. They set the whole thing on fire. In 1871, they started a counterfeiting operation. This is Congress. This isn't the Fed yet. The Fed doesn't come in until 1913. They start this counterfeiting operation to steal the people's gold and silver and trade it for worthless paper, see, paper with ink on it. And then 51 years later, Congress outsources it to this multi-trillion dollar crime cartel, the Fed cartel. 107 years later, folks, they're still doing it. And Trump is signing off every time. Trump has no problem with any of that. He never talks about Anyway, also, also back then, using Lincoln's war as a diversion, Congress started phasing out and replacing our militia, the People's Constitutional Militia. And the federal courts at the same time, it all starts right there after the war. They started teaching the state courts how to start doing away with or or turning into a rubber stamp their people's grand juries okay boom so here's the bad guys in their little chaz on the potomac and in, in all the by the way in every one of the 50 state palaces it's happening too okay they're holding us their sovereigns hostage in a hijacked republic that's what's been happening for a lot for generations folks it didn't just start so forget the little gangs of, of looters and rioters that's just all it's a distraction. The people under those granite domes, those are the big-time looters. Those are the big-time multi-trillion-dollar criminals, and we need to stop the crime spree. That's what this is about today, okay? 
One more thing. It, I talked about it a little on Friday. Um, gosh, there's so much more than we can fit in an hour, but I'll try. For years, Richard Mack has been teaching people. I love Richard Mack. He's a great guy and all that. I mean, it, it, he believes in Mormonism, but anyway, he's been teaching people that sheriffs are the top constitution enforcement power in America. Really? Really? Show me, show me in the Constitution where it says sheriff. Show me where the only law enforcement authorized by us in the Constitution is the volunteer, unpaid citizen militia. That's the only thing we authorize. Amen. We don't even mention sheriffs in Amen. the Constitution. Yeah, and, 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 the, I, and we talked on, just, just for the record, we talked a little bit uh, on Friday, and, we, and, I, and Edwin Vieira, when I had him on, he agreed with me. <clears throat> the people who want to defund the police— Fine, but what are you going to replace it with? And Edwin Vieira said, if you want justice, you replace it with a citizen militia. Now, I could show you a video. Uh, there was a black militia that was put together, and there are good black militias, just like there are good white militias that are sort of being formed and things like this. But they were running around becoming the very thing that they were against, racist, and they just picked on this white guy. And the issue is we're supposed to be regulated uh, as a militia, even even in the form that you're saying. And he's saying you've got to have something to replace what you're going to get rid of that system with. And I agree. And it has to be the people. We have to quit putting off our responsibility to enforce the law to somebody else that isn't even accountable to us. They aren't elected by us. They don't give an account That's to right. us or any of the others. So, right. yeah, sorry, I wanted to interject that. So. We can restore the rule of law only by we, the people making our servants in government, obey the Constitution. We have to do it. Nobody, nobody else enforces the Constitution. Nobody else is above the Constitution. So we have to restore the two original law enforcement institutions. In a minute here, John Lazorek is going to walk you through step by step. Here's how it works in your county. You can start this week, folks. Okay. Um... Okay, so our founding fathers relied on the people themselves, right? That's what Ed Vieira talks about all the time. You've got to, it has to come back to the people themselves. If it doesn't, you're going to get bad guys. So we've got this grand jury. We've got this militia to execute the laws to keep corruption down because as our founding fathers learned the lessons of centuries of European history, heck, today, think about it, with a huge money there is in drugs, there's corrupt law enforcement everywhere. There's corrupt DAs and judges. I mean, duh. Right? It's not rocket science. If, if some drug lord needs a $50 million deal to go down, you don't think he's got a half million for a judge or for a sheriff or for a DA to look the other way for a couple of days? Happens every day, folks. In the big cities and out in the boonies where airplanes full of drugs can land, without being molested in little airstrips. Why? Because the sheriff's paid off. They stay away. The, the whole deal gets done. The trucks come in. They get the load. They take off. Nobody's the wiser, and the sheriff stays quiet. Tim, the founding fathers knew the sin nature of man. You talk about this all the time. They knew the sin nature of man, and they made provision for it, just like their fathers had done for um, eight centuries before since the dooms of King Ethelred in the, in the 10th, early 10th century. The people need to not, not just know what, what's going on. 
the people need to take responsibility. You can't give it to sheriffs and cops and judges and all. You have to keep your eyes open. You have to enforce the law. When somebody, when, when you are sent or when you set, uh, apply for to, to sit on a grand jury, you've got to mean it. This is, you've got the highest um, uh, judicial position in the county when you're sitting, when you're impaneled on a grand jury. You can go after anybody. We put it in the Constitution, but we didn't form it in the Constitution. We just acknowledged in the Constitution that the grand jury was, because it already existed, same way with militia. Not in one single solitary state are we doing it. There's plenty of private militias, but like, like Edwin Vieira says, they don't have a plan. They don't have legitimacy in their counties. They are not well regulated as they always were in early America. And no, it doesn't mean to make regular. It means that they really are somebody, either a, a town council, a, a uh, colonial council, a, you know, some kind of elected answerable, uh, you know, people in that town, in that county, um, were, were overseeing that militia. It's always been that way. So uh, w one other thing, Christian preachers, they talk about bowing down to tyrant government. And they say, well, you know, we're supposed to obey the, the magistrates over it. Look, and they, they quote Romans 13. We don't live in Germany. We don't live in New Zealand. We don't live in an African country. Amen. Amen. Americans, when you read Romans 13, folks, and you're reading about the, the magistrate and the, bearing the sword, you have to read it along. You're an American. You have to read it alongside the Constitution. In that law, we, we the people, say, who's the higher authority? This, we the people. This is just like what, the, Doing the, what? It's Grand just jury like, duty yeah. and militia duty. This is just like the book of Judges, uh, David. Uh, you know, that's the time yes. that people were freest uh, was when the people were the ones executing the law. Not as vigilantes, but as lawful. God had laid out the law it's and he said the how things should be the rule of law that God ordained. Absolutely. That God ordained it. Don't, you yeah. think those men came up with it out of space? No. No, and the militia... They were reading the judges. They the militia, were reading scripture yeah, and saying, and, we need to... Okay, so we need to spiritually and mentally and emotionally and physically start preparing ourselves. You can't just keep looking at the I, news and saying, oh, it's terrible. It's ter Yeah, what are you going to do about I it? I agree. So so here's the thing. Uh, and the militia is biblical, too, folks. They didn't have a standing army. They called these guys together when they needed them. All those guys were trained. I, of course, I read to you uh, the passage when we talked about the Second Amendment uh, the other week, and where when they didn't have weapons, the only people who had weapons were Saul and, or Saul and Jonathan, because the people had been so um, oppressed and everything by their enemies, the Philistines, that this is what they had. I mean, they had axes and mattocks and stuff like that, which they ended up. That's what that was their weapons of the day. But they didn't have the weapons of their of their foes of their enemies. Now let me let me kick this over to John. Now um, I, I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Lazoric, is that correct, John? Close enough. Yes, thank you. Okay, thank you. Um, now, John is working with David, and David, you know, let me just say this. Uh, David and I have been friends for, oh, a number of years now, I think probably six or seven years um, least, when I was yeah. yeah, when I was on Freedom Outpost. And I think a lot of people, you know, David gives uh, people big names, a lot bigger than Sons of Liberty, uh, given them, you know, airspace, these people have collected emails, they've gotten money from people and all this other. And then when it comes time to do something, David, they're dropping you. And we haven't done that because we believe in what you're doing. And over the over the years, you've built up a group of men 
uh, within your organization, and they're building up, I guess, chapters, if you will, across the country over different aspects. And John, you're leading one of these things to deal with the militia. And so I want you to tell us a little bit about uh, how you came to get in David's organization with Tactical Civics and also what the goal is of uh, establishing this, this militia across the country into the different states and and what you're and how you're the roadmap sort of to do with that because some people say well it's easy to say we need a militia a lot of people who are on the show right now who are listening say yeah we need a militia now how do we form it how do we get it going because it isn't going to happen at the federal level if you're looking for the federal government to do something about that they're just going to use it to oppress the people we're looking for it to be and only david you and i agree we don't want to even call it grassroots because that makes it sound like something that we're trampling underfoot we're the sovereigns and so how john are you working how did you get in with david and then how are you working to establish that within the states all right. Well, uh, I found out about Tactical Civics uh, going on three years ago. Uh, David had an article printed on a uh, blog called Survival Blog run by Jim Rawls in Idaho. And uh, I liked what I saw, and I started reading uh, his books, which are available online, and he and I talked, and, and the rest is history, as they say. I was prepared to be interested in this, by a, like anybody would, by a long chain of life experiences. I've been I've been in court fighting uh, corrupt local agencies. I've been a letter writer. I've been trying to work the, the, the legal process and to some extent the political process, and I learned that it doesn't work. It's a, it's a rigged game. So uh, when I started learning that, uh, that we the people, the first three words in the Constitution, really mean something, uh, I understood that uh, what I had been taught, what I had been trying to work with, was upside down, and that David had the plan to turn it right side up. Uh, so um, let's see, your next question was, uh, how do we establish? Uh, so uh, as, as we all agree, militia is, it's we the people, it's pre-constitutional, it derives from our fundamental, well, from the most fundamental law, which is that God gave us our lives and they belong to us and to nobody else. And from that we derive self-defense from the realities of, of physics, we realize that we uh, individual self-defense is not is often not enough. We need to, to defend ourselves and our communities together in concert. So we have the the historical precedent in the institution that that the men of a community, the, uh, the the people who are able to contribute to the common defense, get together to do so. David reminds us that this is uh, this goes back uh, in in goes back in fact forever in human societies goes back in our in our English common law history uh, over a thousand years so uh, this institution was very much alive in colonial America uh, before uh, we we threw the British out uh, we had a frontier society in which there were no cops to call uh, there were no standing armies to call uh, when there was a need for common defense whether it was uh, whether it was uh, criminals within our own communities or whether it was uh, hostile Indians, uh, we, the people, had to take care of it. So um, this was written into the Constitution. Uh, the Constitution uh, prescribes that uh, Congress shall organize and arm the militia, shall uh, prescribe the training standards and the state's uh, shall appoint officers and provide that training. And as I guess you guys have discussed, 
None of that has happened for a century and a half. Uh, the powers that be have realized that uh, if, if, if the citizens retain the power of the sword, then you can't push them around. So that has been pushed off to the side. It's been people have uh, decided to say that the National Guard is the militia, which is not true. It's a, it's a centrally administered organization. The key is that uh, we the people are on and top. And John, John, I gave I gave Tim, and Tim is giving his his readers and listeners our six part series that we did on who killed America's militias. Right. So they have that. Very good. Yeah, and we're gonna <clears throat> we'll anyway. Re, we'll repost that today when we archive the show. Now those are listed in the previous show on Lincoln. You can get those at sonsoflibertymedia.com. Just put in Abraham Lincoln. It'll come up. He's got the little commie flag behind him. And uh, you can listen to that six-part series, but we'll put it in today's show as well. Go ahead, John. Very good. Well, all I was going to say is that so uh, militia stands next to government. Uh, regulated is an important part of the process, but this really, the way I look at it, the way I try to explain it is that uh, militia is we the people directly. Uh, established government is our delegated servants to take care of certain enumerated jobs, but uh, there needs to be an official uh, recognized nexus between the two because they have to cooperate. Because part of our, you know, among, among our servants are people who work in the court system, who need to be able to process crimes, who need to be able to provide trials, uh, but militia stands. On an, on an equal or superior footing next to and outside the established government. So the next question I think that you asked is, uh, how do we actually go about this? Uh, there, is, there are thousands of groups in the country now that call themselves militia groups. Uh, in my experience over the last couple of years, getting to know a lot of them, they are overwhelmingly uh, upstanding, dedicated, uh, courageous, principled members of their communities, which is the opposite of what the media is, tries to tell us to believe they are, but that's been my experience. Um, however, so they, so they, will, they, they cut fallen trees out of the road. They, they help people in floods. They, uh, they look in on uh, the vulnerable, on the old people. They, they help the homeless. They run food drives. They do all kinds of wonderful things in the community. If there is a, if there is a riot, if there is an insurrection, uh, they want to help, and they come out, but they always are a little nervous because their official relationship with paid law enforcement, which is what most people recognize as being legitimate, their official relationship is a little bit foggy. Not everybody understands. In many communities, they have established good working relationships with the, the paid guys, but not in all of them. Uh, they want to help, but they're not sure of the reception they're going to get. So uh, we want to reestablish this this official nexus, and we have a, a staged plan to do this. I guess I'm, I'm distracting myself a little bit. What I was what I was um, what I was going to say was that we don't know people. Okay, yeah, sorry, John. That's okay. Um, let me let me let me see let if me, I can, let me go, let yeah. me go into the plan, and then I'll then, yeah, I'll, me, then I'll circle back around. Yeah, let me set that up um, because I asked you a couple of things there, and I know sometimes if you're like sure. me, if you get two or three questions, it's like your mind goes in this direction, and then you get off on other things which are good. But let's see if we can focus that on. When you say you have a stage plan, we're not talking about false flags, people. Some people get in their mind that's what <laughs> when people say that. What you have is you've got a plan that David has developed, and he's been looking for people that will help. <laughs> implement that 
and he's been looking for people who have the heart to do it. And so the thing is, your job is to put put the shoe leather on that plan, if you will, right? I mean, you're you're out there looking for people yeah. who will start this in their counties, who will who will go to to those and say, hey, uh, who who've been elected, and say, hey, we want to put this together. We're not doing this in the dark. We're not trying to quote unquote overthrow the government. We love good government. We we're not anti-government as the um, uh, the, the mainstream media paints people like us to be. We like good government. That's why we're appealing to the Constitution. That's why we're appealing to biblical law. We like good we government. Are, well, we are the government, brother. Right. Think about well, it. But that's when, what I'm saying. Those big, we the people, those big three words mean when it says do ordain in the preamble, it means we ordain the government and we are the highest. We are over that government. In other words, if we don't watch it, it's going to get away from us, just like Ben Franklin suggested to Lady Powell when she said, Doctor, what kind of a government have you given us? And he said, a republic, madam, if you can keep it. That's what he meant. Absolutely. We, the people, have to keep it. So Absolutely. we are the – when people say government, you're talking about yourself, buddy. Well, If and you're the, an American, you are the highest level of government. And that's the thing that I wanted to reiterate before John continues on is that – when we're looking around, don't point your fingers at Democrats. Don't point. I mean, we I we expose both sides because they're both playing Amen. us. Amen. And the, we need to look in the mirror because we are the government. If it's going on, guess what? You people who pop in and say Trump twenty twenty, that's not going to fix it. It ain't going to fix it. <laughs> it's uh, it's on us. And it and you people who pop in and say Biden twenty twenty, it ain't going to fix that. If you're looking for that, you have become a political idolater, and you need to repent because there's only one king. And our, our forefathers upheld uh, the banners of appeal to heaven, only one king, and that's King Jesus. And if you're not Amen. under those banners, folks, you're under the, the banners of idols. And this is the problem. And the church is leading this stuff with pointing yeah. us to the lesser of two evils. Let me tell you something. Where in the scriptures are you told to choose evil at all? I want you to think about that. Those of you who say, we're to choose the lesser of two evils. Well, Tim, your vote's good. Look, my vote is between me and God. He's the only one in the voting booth with me. Okay? So where are we to do that? And what we want to drive here is, I want to get back to John, because I'm going to get off and I'm going to preach on that issue. Um, what I want to do, John, what are the, what are the specific th- steps that you're taking? Because I know you've got some guys throughout the sovereign states who have said, Hey, I want to partner with you. I'm going to give them my time. I want to do, you know, I want to put this plan into effect. And I believe we've got a really, 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 really short time to do these things and to motivate people. And boy, we got to be in prayer over this, that God turns their hearts. And we've got to be, we've got to be a moving in that, moving towards that goal. What are some of the things that you're doing and, and how is that coming about? Well, the, the, uh, yes, thank you. I'll get to that. The point, the point that slid out of my head was this central issue of legitimacy. How do we, how do we establish that militia today, people's militia, everybody in the community is, is the legitimate militia when, number one, we have uh, attempts on the part of the federal government and the states to sidetrack it, to, uh, attempts on the part of the media to demonize it, um, and the Constitution itself specifies that Congress is to arm and organize and the states are to appoint officers and nobody has done that. So all of these great guys that want to take up their role in the community have had a, 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 a doubt, a cloud over their legitimacy. So the thing that we 
discovered <clears throat> last fall in plain sight in the Declaration of Independence is the principle that uh, duties and powers that we delegate to our official servants, when they refuse or fail to exercise those powers, when they neglect those duties, those return to the people at large. It's right in the catalog of the crimes of King George. Uh, uh, legislative powers incapable of annihilation return to the people at large for their exercise. So once we, once we realize that, we realize that the dereliction or the, the, the sabotage of the states and the federal government could not stop militia from being legitimate in its full constitutional law enforcement role. So what we did was we wrote an ordinance to actually uh, lay out its duties and its place and to lay out its justification in, 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 uh, in law. Uh, and these, this ordinance can be adopted by any county, by an independent city, uh, and we are working with uh, a lot of local groups to find where the, where the pilot project is going to be who is who is going to be first and and there are there are ingredients John, you might need to be, need you to might be want to tell them the difference between an ordinance and and uh, these resolutions well the resolutions yes we've had uh, I think a hundred and four counties in the state of Virginia almost all the counties in Virginia have passed something in response to uh, the attempted uh, invasions on the citizens rights uh, uh, abrogation of the Second Amendment and so forth uh, but these resolutions basically express the sentiment of the governing body. They don't actually establish anything. They don't establish penalties. They don't have the force of law. They're, they're a feel-good thing. Uh, the local, local government wants to, wants to feel good, wants to look like the good guys, but it really doesn't accomplish anything. Now, some of these local governments want to go beyond that, and I was talking with a guy in Virginia just a couple of days ago, and he thinks the time is ripe in his county, and that may be where we start it all. But uh, this ordinance, I, I'm looking at it, it's uh, uh, most of six pages long, uh, and it has a, a, a series of, well, like a lot of ordinances does, it starts out with whereas, whereas, whereas. It recognizes that we, the people, are on top. It recognizes that the people are sovereign. It recognizes that uh, powers that the people delegate, we can take back if they are not used properly. Uh, it recognizes the references to Virginia Resolu Resolution of 1798. It recognizes some references some Supreme Court cases, uh, and basically it says that uh, the county or the municipality passing this ordinance recognizes that the Constitution is the law of the land and must be enforced, and that the county government uh, will actually commit its resources and its personnel to to this enforcement. And then it goes on to recognize that. Uh, militia has the constitutional responsibility uh, to 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 enforce the law, and it also recognizes that. And I can I can I don't think you want me to go through this uh, clause by clause, but uh, it recognizes that the militia works together with, uh, under the direction of, and executing the the warrants issued by the local grand jury, because. The key thing about militia, and David said this earlier this morning, uh, the biggest criminals in our world today are official criminals. They're not the they're not the freelancers, uh, and the people we who the people who need to know. I like to say that the only crime that that every elected official or appointed official, for that matter, the only crime everybody knows they're going to get away with is is violating the Constitution, and that has to stop because it is the highest law. But the 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 paid official 
employees of this, of this rogue government system are not going to go after their own. They're not going to bite the hands that feeds them. They're not going to go after the, the, the rich drug lord who can bribe them, but they're also not going to go after the, uh, the, the, the congressmen that keep appropriating uh, crooked money to finance all this nonsense. They're not going to go after the city council. They're not going to go after the Board of Education because they are all part of the system. But all of these servants need to know that they are subject to the law like everybody else. And militia, working at the direction of grand jury, is the institution that, the, that our founding fathers appointed for the purpose. Now, let me ask a question in that, because you, you make mention of uh, working at the behest of the grand jury. How does that fit in when we look at, uh, say, the Constitution, the, the actual words that are there? We talk about uh, Congress has, uh, will, will be given authority to regulate uh, the militia, they're to enforce the law, they're to put down insurrections, they're to repel invasions, that's what it says. And then we see where the president comes in, and he's to... He's as commander in chief uh, when the militia and when the the armed services are called up in the service of the United States. He becomes commander in chief, and so how does that work when we're seeing a grand jury? Because uh, maybe maybe you can help me here. How does that work with what you just said? Well, the law, the law means what it says. The Constitution says that Congress shall have power to call forth the militia, but it does not say exclusive power. Uh, the militia being pre-constitutional, the militia being the people themselves, has its own authority to execute the law, whether it's called forth or not. Yes, Congress can do it. Uh, the governors can do it. A lot of people can do it. You can, you can say, uh, help, if you're being robbed, and a member of the militia taking responsibility for his community is going to come and help you. I like that. Uh, yeah, sher- the, uh, sheriffs can do it. Sheriffs can call, call forth the militia. Right. But no, no the, again, the militia... The militia is pre-constitutional. It's we the people, which is the highest level of government, and the power to call it forth from any of these other levels of government is not an exclusive power. Uh, militia members are, are, are sworn to uphold the Constitution like everybody else is. So this is, a, this is an individual conscientious responsibility, uh, which, however, ties in, is supposed to tie in with the, with the, uh, the official uh, law enforcement system with the judicial system, uh, so that there is obvious legitimacy, so that the guarantee of a fair trial uh, is maintained. Uh, you were mentioning grand jury, and I'm not, I'm not sure uh, exactly where you were going with the question, but we all recognize that grand juries uh, nowadays are not very well understood. Uh, when, when they're thought about at all, they appear to be a kind of a, a, kind of a sinecure, kind of a rubber stamp for the prosecutor or the judge. Uh, most of them uh, don't know their powers, but the grand jury is another institution that goes back a thousand years in, in English common law, in documented English common law, and it has the power of, affirmed as recently as, uh, what was it, 1992 by our Supreme Court to investigate uh, any wrongdoing in their community, and, and they are not under the supervision or the control of any part of the official apparatus. The, the, uh, the DA can't tell them what to do, the prosecutor can't tell them what to do, the judge can't tell them what to do, once they are impaneled, uh, they, are, they are specifically uh, to rely on their own knowledge, un- unlike a petty jury, which is only supposed to rely on what, it's, what, what is brought forth in the courtroom. Um, they can uh, ask anybody to come and testify. They can subpoena any documents. But again, this process cannot work against the big-time criminals in our society today, which are the official ones, 
This process can't work if the grand jury has to rely for its physical execution on guys who are being paid by the corrupt system itself. That's why the key to all of this is the code. There you go. That's like the key. Because of the grand jury. law enforcement that depends on a government paycheck can be bought. That's just the way it is. And that's, you know, we see this in so many uh, cultures around the world. And we say, oh, well, yeah, of course. You know, Russian politicians are all corrupt. Or Mexican politicians are all corrupt. Venezuela, oh, man, they're all corrupt. You think they're not corrupt here? With the amount of money that's flowing through this system, you think we don't? You can go to almost any, not every county, but many, many, many of these people are corrupt. The grand jury, as as opposed to petty juries, the grand jury is supposed to be for just exactly that. When a magistrate goes bad, who's going to go get him? You think the sheriff will? No. You think I, really? I mean, the I, sheriff is the biggest politician in any county. Do you really think that guy is going to go against the real heavy hitter bad guys? Of course not. Now they talk. Sheriffs know how to do PR, man. They they get in front of a camera. They you know puff up and wear their dark glasses and say all the right things. Hey, show me a sheriff who teams up with their local militia and says, okay, we're going to really go after bad guys. That's the sheriff I want to meet. That's America's sheriff who will open a not like what what uh, uh, Richard Mack is doing. I mean the sheriff that is going to team up with the militia and not the militia that, that uh, uh, Oath Keepers is trying to build, which is a bunch of guys who are paid or guys who used to be paid. And, and Oath Keepers calls them up and says, you know, you, you've got a, a, a promise that you're not going to go against the people and you're promised that you're not going to... Look, to even be an Oath Keeper member, you've got to you know, have to have been a, a current or for, former first responder or law enforcement. That's all baloney. The, the, every person in this society who is willing, if you're an 84-year-old woman, and woman, and by the way, we have 84-year-old women, we have women in their 80s who are, who are starting tactical civics chapters, you can do something. Maybe you're not going to get out there with an AR, but you can do something on your computer, on your phone. You can work in your community to get people started. One of them just, she wrote, she's in her 80s. She lives in, uh, in Kansas, and she wrote a really great letter to her editor of her, newspaper, her weekly newspaper saying, you know, I'm not Wonder Woman, but I've got this tactical civics thing started, and I need help. And, and you people need to understand, and she wrote a great letter. So you've got to start somewhere, and you have to understand who the boss is. David. We are the boss. David, let me interject something here, and I meant to do it at the first of the show. Yesterday, uh, we had a graduation party for uh, one, two, three, our third daughter in line, <laughs> fifth child. And, um, Started with ten. <laughs> yeah, we had, we had a lot of their friends over the house, which my wife and I really – uh, one, that, that was something that we talked about, you know, from early on. We wanted our, our kids to bring their friends over to the house, to hang out at the house, to have fun with, to talk and stuff. I got to tell you, you know, on Friday, we played a little bit of Naomi uh, Soria. And if you guys haven't friended her on Facebook, you ought to go and see the pictures of her event um, on Saturday, July the 4th. She, instead of just going and celebrating out there on the beach and things, I, I think they probably did some celebrating and stuff with their family. But they went down and went right down there in San Diego and protested the government over all these tyrannical things. This is a young lady. I think she's 27. She's a millenn- She's considered a millennial. 
Last night, I spoke with several of my uh, my kids' friends, and I keep calling them kids. My kid, they're my kids, but the kids who are here, they're young men and women, is what they are. They're in, you know, late teens, early twenties, and uh, we had good conversation. And I told them, I said, "Dude, you, some of them listen to the show here, and which is very encouraging." And I said, "You've got to listen to Mara because we're going to talk about constitutional militia. This builds community. It builds uh, camaraderie with one another." Uh, it, it gives us the very things that we're craving for is a, is a defense for liberty. And, um, I mean, you should have been here in the, some of the conversations I had with some of the young men here and a couple of them had their wife or their, or their, their girlfriend here and they're just smiling and they're like, yep, yep. And they, they're like, oh, I want to listen to that. So some of them are going to be listening live cause they're sleeping in, but they're going to listen in three or four hours. And I wanted you to know that because some people give all of these young people just, down the road. And a lot of the problem isn't the young people. It was mom and dad. Mom and dad didn't yeah, take care to, yeah. to remind them and to teach them. And so they're just a product of mom and dad. And you know what? Some of these guys are doing the right thing and they want to do the right thing. And I'm glad that you guys are here because there's a lot of guys down in my neck of the woods that love the shoot. They love adventure. They love, you know, as kids playing cowboys and Indians and army and all this other kind of stuff. And those are the people we need on our side in order to defend our communities. And that is a part of the Second Amendment. That's what it's about. Well, we've talked about this a lot with John, about uh, the reason we gave it the name American Militia 2.0 is that we want to restart the whole America's whole idea of what militia is because it's really got a bad rap and uh, it's unfortunate. And a lot of people think they've got a picture in their head when they think militia, and we want to change that. We want to make it um, clean cut and and lawful and moral and not a whole lot of cursing and not a whole lot of, you know, whatever. I don't want to say it on the air. Um, a lot of these guys, all you have to do is engage them and tell them, hey, look, look, buddy, think about it. The optics are really bad. You're you're acting like the kind of people that, you know, Hell's Angels is not law enforcement. When you read the Constitution, it says execute the laws of the Union. You don't, you know, being a badass, it, that has to stop. You, you know, this isn't Hollywood. This is real life. So I'm, I'm sorry. Well, we Go have ahead, a, John. We have a, you were, I, think, I think the problem with optics comes from what I, what I call the great inversion. We are, are so... Uh, disgusted and, and deeply angry at the corruption in our in our government in our, our in, in the people who we think are supposed to be upholding the law and are supposed to be uh, keeping keeping the society properly organized that the whole idea of being a good guy uh, has been tarnished so a lot of people in reaction against this say I want to be an outlaw because the law has gone bad and yeah, that's yeah. emotionally very understandable but we don't need to be outlaws we need to take to take the law back. We ordained it. We made it. We are obligated to God and to our communities to uphold it. Law is what keeps us all safe, but it belongs to us. Well, so walk so, the walk so the folks through it. John with with the program on the ground, so they see how it works point by point. So, if you will, okay. So we have we have a theory to to make this seem. Thanks for bringing me back to that, David. To make this seem seem doable. Uh, what we what we would like to see, what we think is the most constructive model and set of steps by which to bring this about, 
we start in the community by planting a tactical civics county chapter. Uh, this allows you to gather support among people who don't have any interest in, in carrying a gun or, or doing physical law enforcement, people who want to educate each other, people who want to organize uh, support for this, people who want to learn, people who want to teach, people who want to, to educate local grand juries or volunteer for local grand juries. Uh, so the tactical civics chapter in the, in the county is the first thing we would like to see established. The second thing is to find, or maybe, maybe you organizing this are, a militia group in the, in the, or in the county, in the area. Uh, as I said before, I think that the, the bad reputation of militias is substantially manufactured by the media. Uh, the guys that I have met, that I have worked with, that I have, have spoken to, the guys I've taught uh, and learned from are overwhelmingly a good, respectable guys. They are, they are involved in their communities. Uh, often they have good ongoing relationships with official paid law enforcement. So you want to find a group like that, uh, a, a clean-cut group that people already know and respect and trust. Um, this group uh, already has a command structure. Uh, they, they already have officers that they have chosen. It's always been the tradition of militia to choose their own officers. Uh, they have membership standards so, and training protocols. So all of, this, all of this material needs to be gotten together for the county government to approve when the time comes. So we have a tactical civics chapter. We have a respectable community-oriented militia group uh, if we can get the local sheriff on board, that's very important. He is listened to. Uh, he is respected by the county government. He has every reason, both practical, because he needs the backup and the help, and legal, because he is responsible to the law. He has every reason to work with the militia. Uh, we want his support. A lot of groups, again, already work with their sheriffs. Uh, same thing goes for uh, city police chiefs, if that's the way the locality is organized. These guys should be on board. If they're not, if they're bad guys, we can go on anyway, but if we can get their support, that is, that is what we want. We also want to have what we call a, uh, a tactical civics affiliate in the area. It could be a gun shop owner, a shooting range, a tactical trainer. Uh, these guys are a resource for the militia group. They are part of the business community, and county governments, local governments love to listen to business. They love to feel as though that they're, uh, they're supporting and working with the business community. Uh, this uh, this uh, business owner uh, may have space that they can provide for the militia group to meet. Uh, they, they would like to become the first choice for where to buy the gear. Uh, they, they have uh, you know, copying machines, printers. They can put out flyers. They've got a storefront where they can uh, put out notices. They are a big asset to the program to have a, have a, a business affiliate. Then we need to get uh, citizen involvement. We need to make sure that when we uh, get our ordinance in front of the local governing body meeting that that room is packed. Uh, obviously, this, this COVID thing has, uh, has been great for the tyrants because it's kept, kept people hiding. Uh, this is starting to loosen up in some places. This is being just broken up by people being tired of it in other places. If it's still going on in your community where you are, you can work with it. You can pack the virtual meeting. You can sit six feet apart or whatever it is that, that the, local, uh, the local tyrants want. But uh, we need we need citizens to make their presence uh, make make their presence unbearably known uh, at the county meeting, so that the local governing body knows that this is what the people want them to do. Um, it's also uh, very important. So it's important to talk in advance with members of your governing body. Also, you don't want to blindside them 
A lot of these guys would like to do the right thing. A lot of these guys have passed these resolutions we've talked about. Some of them just want to cover their political you-know-what, but some of them would like to know what they can do to be more effective than just to have a resolution. All right, uh, let, me, let me several inter- other. Let me interject something Hello? here, John, and, and I, I want to, sure. and, and David, look, the whole time, basically, we haven't talked Republican or Democrat. We've talked constitutional. That's where we stand here at the Sons of Liberty. It's calling people back right. to the law. The Old Testament, all the prophets were called. It was political. The whole message was political. It was calling people back to the law that God gave. Now, let me let me address somebody in the chat room. Butch is in there. Butch, I assume, is a, is a patriot. Um, but he's still under the guise that Republicans are the good guys. He's saying, well, I'll fight for the Constitution and Bill of Rights only, not against a sitting president. Well, wait a minute, Butch. What if that president is against the Constitution? What if the people find him guilty of that? And this is the thing that we're seeing here. It doesn't matter if it's Obama. I mean, he brought him up a little while ago. He's saying, we're your sharpshooters. You could take out the deep state. Go for it, buddies. Well, wait a minute. Your president said he was going to take out the deep state. What has he done? Well, he's filled that swamp. He hasn't drained it. And this is why the people have to take and and do their duty here because we're the ones who can actually do it. In fact, we're the ones constitutionally demanded to do it. But here's the problem. This president and past presidents haven't pushed the militia. They've demonized them. And they've sit here and done unconstitutional bump stocks. Even Obama didn't do that. He put the bump stocks in there, dude. He put the echo triggers in. He put all those things in with his ATF, even though I don't believe they have any business in doing it. And then Trump is the one seeking to get them out. And why is he doing it? To be politically correct. That's why he's doing it. So when you tell me this stuff, we're talking about the law. Now, guys, we're down to about 53 seconds. John, I'm going to have to let you go. I know because I've got to cut off the phone line. And I appreciate you joining us, brother, this morning. David, I don't know if you want to stay over a few minutes and continue the conversation for those who are still on video. Uh, but let's take, you got 40 seconds here. Tell people where they can find out more about you guys and what you're doing. Go, John. Well, we have a, we have a website, www.tacticalcivics.com. Uh, we have a Facebook group uh, called Tactical Civics. Uh, we're, not, we're not hard to find. Okay. Now, there are hundreds and, and of Facebook please, groups from our chapters. We have 190 chapters, so you got to look for the national Facebook group okay. uh, for chapter founders. All right. If you want to check these guys out, go to Tactical Civics. David, you going to stay on for a few minutes? Yeah, I can, I can stay. Okay. All right, let's close out the show. You guys, if you want to join us on YouTube, please do that, or Facebook. We'll continue this on for about 10 or 15 minutes probably, and then i got to get some stuff done. But uh, thank you guys for joining us. Tomorrow, Celeste Salam. She Thank was you, she was in. You're welcome, John. Thank you for joining us. She was in the federal government, and she's got some stuff to tell us. You are going to be amazed. Join us tomorrow. See ya. Okay. All right. We're back off the air now, and uh, I've got uh, uh, John gone here, and uh, David, you're still with us. And let's just take a couple of things here, because there are some people. Look, I, and and by the way, Butch. I wasn't attacking you. I'm just trying to show you certain things because I want, you know, my my philosophy is if you got, you draw more bees with honey, right, than vinegar. And sometimes, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to come at you a little hard. But the fact of the matter is I believe people like Butch and such are closer to my side than other people. And I'm not trying to offend you. I'm trying to get you to see what you're supporting. You're supporting the very thing that you think is out to save you, but it's destroying you. And what 
what David, what myself, what Bradley has brought up, what John was talking about, we went to the law. We didn't go to a Republican party. We didn't go to the president. We didn't go to the Democrat party. We went to what the law says. And surely you can get behind that. Well, I'm not going to go against the sitting president. Well, nobody's talking about that. We're talking about holding the law. And if you're not, if you can't get behind that and you have to interject this thing about the president all the time, it tells me that you've been propagandized even by the conservative talking heads, which are controlled opposition, a lot of it is at Fox News, you're, you've been so propagandized that you've made an idol out of a man. And the Bible tells us not to do that. And the Constitution well, Tim, certainly doesn't Tim, uphold I those think, things. I think Trump really asks for it. I Look, I want to love the guy. I really want to support him. I love his wife. I think she hung the moon. But... Trump is is the kind of guy who everything is I, 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 I. And, you know, after a while you get tired of it because he doesn't get the Constitution. He's, he's a tough street fighter. He's done a lot of great things. I don't want to take anything away from the good things he's done. But, you know, he's done a lot of bad things, too. You know, he's done a lot of things that are really making it harder for us, for the people to get this straight, because he doesn't know civics and because he keeps signing off on everything that Congress does, and wow, he's pulled so many really, really corrupt people uh, in around him. Folks, don't think that uh, we don't have an emperor. Trump is not our emperor. He's only a president. He's only supposed to, he's the executive. He's supposed to execute what Congress does, okay? Our main focus should be Congress. Don't take your eye off the Constitution. That's what Trump is like a little uh, Trump is like a he's like a court jester and we're the king. OK, under our system of government, we are like this little nine year old king that we're sitting there. You know, the crown's too big for us and we don't know how to be sovereigns. And well, too bad. It's still our job. And so Trump comes in and la -di -da, and he's dancing around and he's wearing funny clothes and he's saying the most preposterous things, and he makes us laugh, and he does great tricks. Look, he's just a president. I, I have a meme that I made, I don't know, years ago. It says, presidents are only the, wait, presidents are merely the hood ornaments on America's, on the freight train of America's moods. And that's what presidents are. Go through history. Go to the very worst ones we've had, the very best ones we've had. Presidents don't like, like uh, oh, what's his name? Um, the guy on, on Fox um, oh, that I everybody know. loves. But I, can't, he's really, I, I can't help you because I don't watch Fox. I don't watch any of them. <laughs> oh, he's the, he's the uh, you Tucker well, Carlson? I don't either. Tucker Carlson. Okay. There you go. Okay. I do Tucker know him. Carlson has been really making me angry for the last few months. He really doesn't know civics, and he's constantly saying, you know, there are leaders. leaders. There are le yes. Not, yes. When have you ever been led by a oh. politician? Are leaders this? Are leaders? And he's all, he has said like five times in the last couple of weeks, presidents are supposed to run this country. That's why we hire them. No, there. Where did this guy take civics? He presidents did, he didn't. run our country? He didn't. Well, Anyway, yeah, he didn't. He probably didn't take, never took civics. But folks, when you start looking at other people and saying, well, you know, I'm, I'm really hoping Trump win. Look, Trump is going to win. If he doesn't win, there's really more corruption than I thought. But even if Trump wins, what do you think he's going to do all of a sudden? 
What has he done in four years? Come on, seriously, seriously. He's done a bunch of great things that can be undone in two minutes if we get a, a bad one after him. Hey, hey, a lot Presidents of uh, hang, hang on, don't uh, hang run on. the country. A lot of it has been undone with the USMCA. People don't realize the U.S. sovereignty that's been sold out with that. A lot, of, a lot of those things that he did at first with the EPN, all that was sold out with the USMCA. A lot of our sovereignty was sold out with the USMCA. So let's not. Well, even let's not even act. even that even yeah. that if we start chasing everything that's I going agree. wrong in I this agree. country individual things. It's kind of like people with 9-11. It's kind of like people with any one of these things, the, the uh, uh, century, whatever it's called, century 21, or whatever it's called, the, the deal where oh, the, the schools and all that. Are, yeah, okay. Um, it, 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 look, folks, we need to go back to basics, and that's what we're doing. We're going to the county level. Don't watch everything that these Tucker Carlson scream at you every day. It's called fear porn, and the reason I, I didn't make that uh, term up, by the way. I, I forget where I first heard it, but fear porn is meant to work on your limbic, the limbic system of your brain, which is where you get both anger and fear from. Those are the two things that advertisers understand work really well. So if you're selling advertisement, and by the way, that's what all media do. They're selling advertisement. If you're selling advertisement, what do you want to do? Well, get the most effective thing you can in a person's head. Well, use fear. Okay, if it's not fear, well, then use anger. Both of them work. It, it's the same section of your brain, the limbic system. And it, what it is, it's like pornography, okay? That's why it's called fear porn. If, you're, if somebody hits you with that, like Tucker Carlson is great at it. Just watch him and listen to him. He's great at it. And so he gets you very, very angry, and you say, man, he was good today. I got to hear him every day. And so you get hooked. And you need more of that, more of that anger because it, it's, it turns you on. It's David, what you, David, you know, let me, inter you let, me interject, let me interject something here. I think they've learned something about the fair point. People aren't buying it as much. And I think what they went to now is what uh, Dr. Joseph uh, Farrell, if you've ever heard of him, uh, one of the things he talked about was they've gone with hope porn. And they're lying to people about how good everything's going to be while keep doing the same thing. They're telling you something different, like, you know, we're going to change this. And that. But it's like you said, what's happened in four years as far as justice? Because really, that's the that's the president's job <laughs> is to enforce not the law. One, not one in criminal indictment. I so completely far. agree. You know, Article two, what I tell three. people, I've said this for 10 years, we're living, we really are living in potentially the best time in American history, potentially. What I have learned and what we have built, and I'm not saying we hung the moon. I'm saying the Lord has gifted us, has, has inspired us. We've spent 60,000 hours over 12 years finding the problem and actually defining how to fix it and stuff. Once you get to that point, you say, wow, so it's really all up to the people. Yeah, and you know what? You know what the real problem is here, folks? Don't look to government. Don't look to elections. Don't look to any of that stuff. Like Brother Tim has told you every day, you have to look to God. You have to say, okay, take a God's eye view of us right now. Look at this country. Look at this republic. Look at the people in it who call themselves Christians, who go show up in church every Sunday. How do they actually live any different from the neighbor? Show me. Show me the actual fruit. Now, just because you go to church and use certain Christian words a couple of times a day, that doesn't so what? 
repentance, if we're going to repent, if, we're, if God's hand of judgment is going to be lifted, it's only going to be lifted. It's just like a dad with a kid who's been a total brat. When, look at the Old Testament again and again and again. I mean, God really drums this home. Book after book after book of the Old Testament. When the people turn from him, what does he do? And he can use anybody, by the way, to use, Absolutely. you know, from Satan, from Satan on down to Trump, on down to anybody, Obama, pick yep. any Biden, pick anybody. He can use, he'll use anybody. He'll use viruses. He'll use anything. He wants to bring you to repentance. And when you turn from your wicked ways and you get on your face and you turn to the Lord, you know, and you have to turn. It's a, repentance is an action word. It's not just words. You, you're not just saying something and praying, oh, God, you know, I, I feel so bad. And yeah, I'm going to change. No, you have to do it. He has to see you doing it. When, enough, when he sees enough Americans actually turning from our wicked ways and say, you know what? This thing about abortion, no, no more. After today, no more. I don't, I don't take this. We do not stand for this in our town. That abortion clinic is shutting down. I don't know how we're going to get it shut down. We're going to shut that puppy down. By the end of this year, that will not be in our town. There you go. Until we start doing that, until we start looking at abominations, men, quote, unquote, turning into women and vice versa and all that, until we start saying, these abominations, we are inviting. By accepting them, we invite them. And that's what they do. That, the devil knows how this works. It's like a ratchet, okay? And he's going to keep doing it until we actually repent. Repent. That's the answer. You start there. And when you repent, we have the governing part of that. Tactical civics is the, is the Romans 13 part of that, where you say, how do you get all the bad guys? Well, you're not going to go get bad guys yet. First, you're going to learn your civics, okay? You don't even know how to put your pants on yet. So don't, go, don't worry about the bad guys. Don't talk about Trump yet either. Don't talk about Washington, D.C. yet. Talk about your own community first. Come on, preach. What about you? What about your own family? You've got to start saying, and then what do you come to? Like you say many a time, you and Bradley, you're going to look in the mirror and you're going to say, oh, God, oh, God. And you're going to know. You Start with you, man. Start with you, woman. Whatever age you are, you might be in your 80s, you might be in your teens. You know where the problem is. Come on. Don't go looking around. And so if you start to repent, all of a sudden, a lot of stuff falls away, right? You don't worry about a lot of the things that you were arguing about yesterday because you go, oh, shit. Pardon the French. Oh, gosh. It's me. It's me. I, I've got a real problem right now with my own wife. I need to settle. I, I need to fix this. I need to get straight yeah. with my own daughter, with my own son, with my own neighbor, with my brother, my cousin, my employer. You start there, man. You start, you say, what's wrong with America? Well, what do you think America is? Just a bunch of individuals. Don't look at Trump. Don't expect him to pull you out. You think he's going to fix America? What president has ever fixed the country? That's not the way we work. No, that's that's and I, this is why sometimes I bring the emphasis back on things where, where there are dissenters uh, that I think probably lean our way. And I, I point back and I've said a long time, a long time ago, we did an article uh, at Freedom Outpost and it was a quote by uh, Obama. The title was a quote out of his speech in Belgium 
and he was talking about giving up the rights to a sovereign. And uh, you know, we put in right, we put in the in the article. Here's the context. He didn't say this, you know, that he was pushing this. But then what he said was, this was part of our past, and so now we have to. Uh, and he goes along a long speech to basically say we want it to be part of our future too. That's basically what he's doing. Well, I had everybody and their brother who were quote unquote conservative say, you took him out of context. Well, it was first it was a title. I don't know how you take the title out of context. We had a title, and then in the within the body of the article, we had this. And I just began to think, you know, Rand Paul came out and he talked about uh, uh, bills that are put before Congress. They got five minutes to read them. And even when they have longer time, they don't read them. Somebody else writes they those don't. bills. The corporations yep. write it for their own advantage. Uh, we know Anne, Anne Rand, even though she wasn't a Christian, she picked up on all that stuff real quick. She saw that real good. And, I, you know, I wrote to the people and I said, we, are, we have a representation that is a direct reflection of us. Despite what we say, they are a direct reflection of us. We can't even read an article to follow somebody's thought pattern. We'll comment and pontificate on that article based on the title without reading a word of what's in the substance of it. And then we get mad because those that we elected as representatives won't read the bills that are put before them. And so, oh, preach it. Come on. I mean, come on. What you were saying, I mean, you were you were it's preaching everywhere. to us. You were preaching to us that we've got to if we want representation that reflects us, then we got to change the reflection in us. And yep. and when we do that, when we stop idolizing these guys and we look at ourselves and correct ourselves and 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 repent as you said before, uh before God, then you know what? We're not just going to stay on our knees. Uh, we're not just going to do that because there's a time for repentance. When we go to the Old Testament, we see that the people listen to the law of God for what? Eight hours that day with their with their nursing babies and with their children. And they were weeping and they were broken. And then the priests are like, um, yeah, okay, you've done that. You've repented. Let's get up and let's have a party and let's do what we're supposed to do. And, that, and that's how we should be. We shouldn't be those who, who are... Uh, you know, like uh, some of the religions where they cut themselves and they they want right, to beat themselves. Right. Up. No, we who's going who's to mix mortar? Who's going to stack right. rock? Let's go. Exactly. Let's go. That's right. it. That's it. Yeah. There there has to be a contrition and a breaking of heart. And God loves those who are like that, and He shows mercy to them. But then after that's done, you're to get up and go do what you're supposed to do. That's the part of repentance. You change it in your mind, you go do it in your actions. And so, David, I appreciate you bringing uh, having John on with us this morning. Um, is there anything else you want to add to this issue of restoring the real law enforcement of the people through the constitutional militia? Well, not for now, brother. We've covered a lot. Uh, we have 190 chapters. We need 3,141 chapters. So we've got a long way to go, but we've come a long way. Uh, a couple of years ago, we were saying, oh, six chapters, seven chapters. We've got 190. Folks, it's not hard to start a chapter. We'll walk you through everything. You'll have a lot of friends around you who have done it before you who will help you. Uh, it's not as hard as you. Like I said, we've got women in their 80s doing this. If they can do it, you can do it. Somebody has to say yes in your county. If you're hearing me, you now know this. So don't look to Trump. He's not your God. He's not your emperor. Bless his heart. He's doing the best he can, I think. Or he may be, maybe he sold out from the start. I don't know that. It doesn't matter. It matters what you do in your community. Amen. Drop us a line, tacticalcivics.com. We've got our email in there. It says send an email here. Give us your county and your information. We'll, t we'll start you off.
We'll give you a big orientation package. We'll get you started. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah, David, thank you for joining us. Uh, Everybody wants to see you back again. So let's get together and find out when we can have you on to to kind of tie this in with a grand jury because uh, some people say, oh, militia's great, but then, okay, you're saying we have to do these things. We have to be, you know, we have to bring forth the law, but then you've got to have, uh, again, the scripture talks about two or three witnesses confirm all the matters. That's Old and New Testament people. Uh, So the Old Testament law isn't done away with, and neither are the, 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 the guidelines of that. And so we want to. I want to. I want to set up a time for you to come back, maybe Friday or one day next week, and we talk about grand jury and we tie this kind of together to see how It'll this work. how this thing begins to work together. I don't know if you got a guy who's on grand jury. I know you got several guys working with you. Maybe we want to have him on with you. Um, and and we'll. I know one of the things I'm going to try to do is get Judge Anna on uh, because I know she's been dealing with some of that stuff and helping people a lot too. But uh, if we can have you back on, we'll set up a time to do that. Okay. Yeah. And I'd like to talk to you offline also about that. Uh, yeah, sure. So. Okay. Good. All right. We'll do that. We'll do that a little bit uh, later on today because I'm going to catch a nap <laughs> after this. Yep. But uh, thank you guys for joining us. David, we appreciate you very much. And thank you for taking time for us this morning. And uh, please relay another thanks to John. Uh, we appreciate him taking out of his time and early in the morning there. I mean, you guys are an hour before us. Uh, so it's like, Uh, It's just after 6 a.m. there now, and they started at 5. Guys, thank you in the chat room. All of you guys, look, even if you disagree with me, even if you've, uh, you know, been a Trump idolater or or an Obama idolater or whatever, uh, thank you for your support. We appreciate you very much. Thank you for joining us. All you regular guys out there, uh, Titus and Matthew and Eric and... Man, there's a, there's a slew of you people. I can't even begin to name all of you. Thank you very much for for your support. Coming in every morning, sharing the videos, uh, sharing the radio show, and uh, and the articles at sonslibertymedia.com. And look, if you're able to support us, we appreciate that. Some of you have been doing that. Thank you so much. That helps us on the air because we spend the money out of our pockets to do this. Uh, it costs me uh, quite a bit of money just to do the stream and everything else. Uh, so... We appreciate you guys. If you can keep us in um, your prayers and also if you're able to help support us, because what you're doing in supporting us is supporting you. I mean, that's really what it is. So if you want to do that, the, in the description below all the videos is where you can donate, a one-time donation, or you can partner with us, become a son or daughter of liberty. We appreciate you guys. Tomorrow, Celeste Salam's coming on, and most of you know who she is. I'm not. She asked me because of the threats on her life, the disinformation that's coming out and stuff, to not say what she was in, but some of you know the agency she was in. Okay, I'll just give you a hint. If you've ever watched the X-Files movie, <laughs> it's mentioned prominently right there in the middle. Um, we're not going to mention that. We're just going to say she was part of an agency of the government and let her spill the beans on what she knew almost two decades ago that was in the plans that you were seeing right before your face. You don't want to miss that show. Lord willing, we'll see you at 6 a.m. Eastern time. Adios.